0: would you just raise your hands with me Lord we worship you this morning Lord we raise our hands out of a sign of surrender to you Jesus to say Lord here we are your vessels you created us for purpose Lord it's not my life to live it's yours and today we recognize that you are the king of this temple and Lord we surrender to you Jesus your will your way God you direct our path you lead us Lord It is you who orders the steps of the righteous. And Lord, today, God, let not a word be spoken that is out of order of your plan. Lord, let your glory be revealed. Let your name be acknowledged and glorified in this house, Jesus. For we worship you. Thank you, God, for the freedom that we feel. Thank you, God, that we can come with a heart, with expectation to experience the presence of the Lord. To see you touch lives, transform people, Lord. God, bring healing in the house. Bring salvation in the house. Bring hope and life into this place, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus.
1: (laughs) I I surrender all. Yes, Lord. I I surrender
0: Your prayer. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Is he good? Amen. Yes. Man, Hallelujah. I pray that every service we have a passion to draw near that we just get deeper and deeper into his presence. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Woo! I don't know, boys. It's good stuff in this house. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can somebody just give a shout? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to have Sherry with us. Sherry was a, while we were in Honduras, she was, she goes to Liberty Church, and their pastor's sick today, and I'm unable to be there, so she has jumped in with us this morning, and Sherry was a, a big supporter, a monthly supporter of ours while we were missionaries in Honduras, and we're so thankful that you have joined us today. Thank you so much for you being here. Bless you. Bless you. Good to have Brother Cooper with us. Good to have uh, some cousins with us this morning. Got, uh, I told Tony, Vicky I didn't realize that you and Kathy Hollers and him were cousins. I told him I'd pray harder for him, but uh, good to have cousins together. This morning. Glad you're here this morning with us. Good to see all of you here. God is good, isn't He? He's faithful. Yes, He's faithful, isn't He? Come on, let's give God a hand. Amen. 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 I believe the Lord is bringing breakthrough. You believe that? Sorry, I'm still not sure about that. Siri says she's not sure about that. I believe God's bringing breakthrough. Come on, somebody. amen amen I don't know what are you believing God for what are you attempting for God's glory that's that you're looking for answers for come on I believe that so many times we have gotten into the groove of doing church that we have forgot to exert the faith necessary to see God move as a part of the church. Amen? We can come and do three songs. We can clap hands. But if we don't Truly engage the presence of God. We've done nothing more than visited a country club, sang a few songs, stomped the feet, and we went home making a good feeling about ourselves. God didn't call us to have good feelings. He called us to engage in a warfare in this world. We are called to be the body of Christ, the army of God. Come on, we got to step up into God's presence and do what God's called us to be. Amen? Woo! When I look throughout the scripture, I see that faith is the theme in, in woven throughout the scripture. When you look at faith, faith led Noah to build an ark. I mean, can you imagine this? A hundred and twenty years he worked on building an ark. Some of us work one hundred and twenty minutes and we 've given up already, but faith allowed him and engaged him and instructed him and encouraged him to build for 120 years an ark. Faith caused Abraham to take his only son, the son of promise, the son that God had given him, Isaac, and take him to an altar and lay him on an altar. Faith understood that God will provide. And if God will provide, I will do what God tells me to do. I will obey him no matter what. Even if I don't understand it, even if it doesn't look right, I will do what God tells me to do. Faith Took a Roman centurion and Jesus said, not have I seen this great of faith in all of Israel. A, a Roman centurion came to him and says, my daughter is dying. He said, well, let me go. And, G, and the centurion said, no, your time is busy. I understand what busy means. I believe your word and at your word, my daughter will be healed. And at that moment, he said, let her be healed. Come on, somebody. God is able to do far above what we ask or think. God's looking for a people of faith who will say, I trust you, God, no matter what it looks like. I believe that God is able, for he is able to do the impossible, amen? amen. For without faith, it is impossible to please him, according to Hebrews chapter eleven six. 6, amen? So we need a people of faith. Somebody say, I gotta have faith. When I think about faith... What is it about faith that makes God smile? Faith requires us to look beyond ourselves, beyond our ability to trust in Him for the answers, amen? Faith drives us to look to God and, and place our hope and trust in Him. Faith also pleases God because it creates an opportunity for Him to reveal His power through and in us. Faith. Jesus reminded us what is impossible with man is possible with God. Our faith, literally, come on, our faith puts the wheels of heaven into motion. I don't know what you're believing for. I don't know what you're needing. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I'm here today to tell you that God has given every every man a measure of faith. And it's time to engage that faith, amen? Hebrews chapter 11, 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. In other words, for by it, the the older generation found themselves approved of God because they walked in faith. Jesus declares us, walk by faith and not by sight. If we look around, we we can automatically lose faith. We can... If you're too busy focused on the media and the news, it's easy to lose sight of what God has done and what God is doing. It's easy to lose faith. But God said for us not to walk by sight, but walk by faith. We've got to learn to walk by faith, amen? So what does that mean? It means that we need to increase our faith. Luke chapter 17 Verse 5. I'm definitely walking by faith and not by sight. (laughs) The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Thank you. I look at the scripture, and I'm reminded in Matthew chapter 18, it says, when the Lord comes back, will he find faith on earth? Will he find faith on earth? And I I think about that because I grab a hold of the scripture. It says that he's given every single person a measure of faith. In other words, every one of you have faith. Every one of you have an inkling, something that God's given you. But when I think about, will God find faith on earth? I wonder, what is he talking about? And then I think of misplaced faith. Because so many have placed their faith in other things. So many have begun to trust in other things other than God himself. And though the faith was meant to trust him, we've put it in other things. We've put it in self-abilities. We've put it in... Other agencies. But let me here encourage you and help you understand that there is no other one that we shall be saved but under the mighty name of Jesus Christ for he is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other. There's no other way. We can put coexist on the back of every bumper sticker and we can put every symbol of every religion but I'm here to tell you there's only one way and his name is Jesus you can go to the grave of every single person that started every religion in the world, but there's only one that's empty today and his name is Jesus because he said he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for you and me. He is alive and well and he wants to do in us what he did back then, amen. amen. He's looking for a people of faith. And I see the scripture says, Lord, increase our faith. And then he turns to them and says, if you'll have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say unto the mulberry tree, be uprooted and cast or planted in the sea. Wow. It's pretty powerful stuff. Amen. I know y'all built this nice stage for me to stand on, but today I just can't do it right now, okay? And y'all follow me on the, on, y'all put the wide lens on because I'm going to be walking today. You know, so many times we we focus on the size of the seed. We talk about, if you'll just have faith, the size. It doesn't say size. The size of a mustard seed. Well, I just got a little faith. Got a little faith. But you know, I, I struggle with looking at the size of this because Jesus in other occasions, he actually rebuked the disciples for little faith. If you'll remember, as he was in the boat, and the storms had begun to rage, and, and the disciples were actually distressed. They were like, hey, look, we're about to die. We're, we're getting ready to throw things over. We're really getting ready to just you know, recognize that life is ending. And where's Jesus at, by the way? And they began to search for Jesus in the boat. And they found him up in the bow of the boat. Now, I have had the privilege or misfortune, I don't know which one, to ride a boat from the mainland of Honduras to the islands of Honduras on many occasions. And I remember when we first started doing that to to minister into the islands that by about maybe a mile out, I began to turn green as a gourd. Kim, on the other hand, has got four children. Notice I said Kim had four children because I was too green to do anything about what anything those kids were doing. And it's usually me and Eli. We're the ones who get sick on the boat. And so it took me a long time to acclimate to being able to ride on that boat. But where I learned on the boat not to sit was in the bow. Two places you don't sit in the boat. In the bow or the very back. Because that thing runs like this. (laughs) So the best place to sit is in the middle of the boat. At the bottom, in the middle of the boat. Because you just kind of stay a little level. And then I will close my eyes and pray to God that I make, make it to the other side. Jesus was in the bow of the boat. He's in the place where I'm sure it was lifting up and knocking down. I'm sure that it was not an easy place to be. But Jesus, in the bow of the boat, was at rest and at peace and at sleep. The disciples came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus looked at them and said, "Oh, you of Little faith. They had faith. They had faith enough to go to Jesus, right? They had faith enough to recognize that, hey, look, the only way we're getting out of this is we got go to go the, to the man. we got to go to Jesus. But, man, if we'd had great faith, would we even have to go to Jesus? Because Jesus would have been right here. <laughs> you know, another time that Jesus rebuked somebody, and called their faith little was when Jesus walked on the water. He walked out on the water, and the guys were like, Whoa, who is this? And, and was it? Peter said, Look, if that be you, Lord, let me come out on the water with you. And guess what Peter did? Come on and walk on the water with me. <laughs> he stepped out on the water. And when he stepped out on the water, woo! what a glorious thing. But then he began to look in other places. Misplaced trust. Misplaced faith. And he began to sink. And the Bible says, Jesus said, you of little faith. Look, when I look at the scripture in Luke chapter 17, and he says, you must have faith if you will have faith as the grain of a mustard seed. It's not talking about little faith. It's not talking about the size of the seed. It's not trying to identify how small your faith is. Too many times we're we're too happy with small faith. Too many times we're too happy with just getting by. I love Jesus, but I'm not letting him do anything in my life to affect me because as long as I just love Jesus, I'll be all right. As long as I can just get by, I'll be all right. But when I look at the scripture and start recognizing that, that what he's saying this faith does, it doesn't make sense because he says if you have this kind of faith, you can say to the mulberry tree to be uprooted and cast into the seed. Now, when I think about it, I ain't finished with seeds yet. But when I think about this mulberry tree, I'm thinking, now, Lord, what kind, what kind of tree is this? Because I know that this is a new language. What kind of tree you? And it's, it's like a sycamore or sycamore tree. It was in the family of the fig tree. And it produced a, mul- there was a white mulberry and a black mulberry. And, and, and what was unique about this tree is that, that it could grow in, in the driest of places. Because the roots were so big, they went so deep, that they could actually tap into the water source. Now, how many have got you a weeping willow tree around your house? Some of y'all know better. (laughs) Don't put it next to the septic tank. Because just as much as you see on the outside is also how much is in the ground. What a booger they are. The thing I recognize is that that the mulberry tree has deep roots. And, and, and no matter how many times you can cut the base, it will grow back because it's still receiving water. You know, uh, there's a, a few other statistics or ideas about this type of tree is that no, it has a, a, a unique way of pollinating because it, it draws bees in to pollinate You get close to it, and you might get stung. Another quality of this tree is is that it was an ideal wood that was used for caskets. It's a tree that identified with death. You'll hear what I'm saying. There's some things things about the fruit of this, this tree that could be considered bitter. Jesus even talked about having a bitter root. Look, when we get into a place in our life where the enemy begins to attack us, we can become bitter, we can, we can get rooted into bitterness and anger and, and unforgiveness, and it's hard to get rid of, it's hard to get over, it's hard to get over hurt. And Jesus is saying, if you will have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you can, t- you can say to this impossible situation, you can say to this thing that you've been trying to get over, over, and over again, and it seems to keep coming back. It seems to just keep growing back, and you're tired of it. And Jesus said, if you will have this kind of faith, you can cast it into the sea. What about the sea? He didn't say some freshwater pond, but the sea. He didn't say in the river. He said the sea. Why? Because the is salty. And when you throw it into the sea... In the saltiness, it won't grow back. It won't grow back, Lord. What kind of faith you want us to have? You said the the faith as the grain of a mustard seed, Lord. I, when I think about the mustard seed, there's some there's some identifying marks of mustard seed. One, it is it might be small, but it's powerful. You could take a it, it 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 can flavor so well and be so small. You can cut up big old onions, right? Some of y'all like to cook with onions. I'm going to get to taste some of your chili and soups tonight. Yeah, come on, somebody. I'm excited about that. But you can take a mustard seed, you can pop it in your mouth, and it's just lively and robust. It's potent. It's powerful. What Jesus is saying is that you've got to have a powerful faith, a faith that is strong, a faith that is not weak, not small, but a faith that is strong. Another unique thing about a mustard seed is a mustard seed, no matter where you plant it, you can plant it on top of another seed and it will still grow as a mustard seed. It will be a mustard tree. Somebody in Honduras one time brought us brought us some of these beautiful oranges. I'm talking nice, juicy oranges. They were actually orange. looked good. I popped that baby open. I was with anticipation. So awesome. Popped that baby in the mouth. My mouth puckered up. What just happened? Who ruined my orange? For some reason or another, this thing had cross-pollinated with a lemon. <laughs> and though it looked so beautiful, it was so sour. Kim planted some squash. She, uh, she's the gardener. She gets that from her mom and dad. She planted these beautiful crookneck yellow squash And then a roll of this nice zucchini squash. And we had the most unique green striped crookneck squash you've ever seen. What Jesus is saying is, you have to have faith that is powerful. You have to have faith that is uncompromising. You have to have faith that no matter what environment you are planted in, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what situation you're in, that you're not not compromising, you're not giving up, you're not cross-pollinating with the world, but everywhere you go, you are a man and woman of God because you trust God. You're walking in God. You're living in God. You're living and breathing. You're powerful. You're anointed because you are God's vessel. And that's the kind of faith you've got to have. Amen? God, help us to have that kind of faith. Help us to walk in that kind of faith. Help us to believe for that kind of faith. Notice they. He said, if you have this kind of faith, you can do this. Now, what what spawned them to want to have that kind of faith? You have to go back to verse 3 and 4. Right? Verse 3 and 4 of Luke chapter 17. And here's the disciples, and I said, put these glasses back on. Be on, be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. Wait a minute, Lord. You're going to have to increase our faith. <laughs> Come on. It's impossible. It seems impossible. It seems overwhelming. I mean, even the Pharisees understood that they had that according to the law they would forgive twice, and the third time they did it just for good measure. But after that, let them go. Paul. Paul actually said, "I think it was Peter." Peter said, "Should we forgive them seven times?" Jesus responded, no, seven times 70. Wait a minute, Lord. What are you saying? He's saying, there are things that that can happen to you. I mean, if you go back to verse one, he says, you're going to have to understand that offenses will come, you will be offended. How I many have ever been offended before? Yeah, the rest of you just told a lie. We've all been offended. It is impossible for offenses not to come. The word offenses is the word scandalon. It is the bait stick of the enemy. And, and, and what, what he wants them to understand that no matter where you go, no matter what trials you face, you're going to be offended. You're going to be offended by people in your home. You're going to be offended by people at the church. Because guess what? Everybody is imperfect. And everyone's going to make a mistake at some time. And so therefore, it's impossible for us to not be tempted by sin. We're all going to be tempted. Jesus said that he was tempted in every way without sin. It's impossible for us to go and be, to not be tempted. But how do we respond? How do we live this life? Lord, increase our faith. Give us this powerful faith. Give us this uncompromising faith. Let us be able to say to the, to the situations that have already happened and the, and the hard times that have already, already rooted itself in us, help us to be able to discharge and get rid of those things. But you know, sometimes we just want to get by. It goes on in verse 7. It says, which of you having a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say, say to him when he has come in from, from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat. But will you not say to him, prepare something for me to eat and, and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you may eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which he, were, he was commanded to do. Does he? So you too, when you do all things which are commanded you say, we are unworthy servants or slaves. We've only done, we've done only that which we ought to have done. We want increased faith. Amen? We want to see God move in powerful ways. We want to experience the anointing of God. We want to shout and dance and we want to we want to see God heal and we want to see uh, people delivered. We want to see all these things. These are all things that we all want to see because these are things that happen in the Bible and we understand he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So God, we want to see them now. But what Jesus is trying to help these disciples understand is that just by doing the minimal you can't see this. Just by doing the minimal it won't happen. He goes on and in the same passage begins talking about the lepers. There's ten lepers. And they came from they were a far, standing afar off. We understand that, that in those days, these guys were wearing a bale. They were, they were identified by the clothing, by the bale that they wore to ward people off from being near them. And so they said they were standing afar off, which probably meant they were standing um, upwind so that they had to stand further away than when they were downwind. And, and they yelled out that they wanted to be healed. Have mercy on us, and I think why is the Lord implementing this story right here? Why is He engaging the disciples with this story? He tells those affected, He says, Go show yourself to the priest, and you'll be cleansed. It's powerful to think that Jesus. He didn't say, you're healed, now go show yourself to the priest. He said, go show yourself to the priest and you'll be cleansed. What was Jesus doing? He was telling them to go obey the law. Go obey the law. Before they were ever healed, here they go walking towards the, towards the temple to, be, to present themselves to the priest. And as they were on their way, what the Bible say? They were cleansed. One, say one, 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 recognized. Whoa, I feel different. Whoa, I'm not sick anymore. And he turned and ran, throwing him, the Bible says he threw himself at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, "What? wait a minute, wasn't there some more with you? Wasn't there some more that was sick? Did they not get healed too? What happened? Here's the Samaritan. He points out a Samaritan. A Samaritan who would be unfavorable. A Samaritan who would not be one who should receive the blessings of the Father. A Samaritan who has wayward ways. Here this one identifies. (laughs) And he runs back and throws himself at the feet of the Savior. What's Jesus trying to tell these disciples? He's trying to tell them that following the law won't give you this kind of faith. Doing the minimum won't give you this kind of faith. Following the law won't give you this kind of faith. It's only as you recognize what, who I am and what I'm capable of doing. That's what Jesus is saying. You've got to learn to trust in me. You've got to learn to throw yourself at me because I'm the only way. I'm the one that can bring salvation. I'm the one that can bring healing. I'm the one that can bring life. I'm the only way. What did Jesus say? Go. You've been made whole. Look, he's already physically cleansed. Now Jesus is saying your souls right now. Too many times we're looking for the physical things, but God's saying there's something deeper. That word that was given by V, the Lord wants us to go deeper. He's, he's we too busy tiptoeing on the sidelines of the water saying, oh, my feet's wet. We like to go by to the pool and just put our feet in. Isn't that nice and refreshing? We can walk ankle deep. We can walk knee deep. But God's looking for somebody who'll go all the way. Somebody who can pick up their feet in the stream and say, Lord, I don't want to be led by my own abilities. I don't want to stand in water that I can control. I'm ready to let loose of the side. I'm ready to let go. I'm ready for you to lead me. Lead me, God. Direct me, Lord. Show up. Do the the miraculous. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Wow. I think it's First Kings. There was a lady. I'm closing. There was a lady. She was in a desperate situation. Her husband was a, a prophet, didn't give his name. But she understood that she lost her provision. She lost the very one that was supplying for her needs. You know, back then, children were like used, used cars. If you had a debt, they'd repo your children. I've tried it, don't work here. No. <laughs> and now. So here she was. She's lost the provision of the house. She's lost the intimacy of the one she loves. She's lost the voice who have spoken into her for all these years. She's lost the one who has been partnered with her to raise the children that they had together. She's by herself. She doesn't have anything. What do I do? She called on the prophet. He said, what do you have in the house? Guys, there's a crisis of spiritual oil today. There's a crisis of anointing. There's a crisis of people being engaged. Look, I get it, man. We, we're so busy. You've heard me use the acronym busy as being under Satan's yoke. We've let busyness create an atmosphere of lack of intimacy with God. We've gotten to a place where we're too happy with the fast food moments with God. We run in woo that was good walk out life spiritual crisis crisis of oil but I'm here to tell you he's given everyone a measure of faith. There's some oil still in the house There's some oil in your house. It may not be much. It may be waning. It may be misused. It may be misplaced. But there's still oil in the house. He told her, he said, Look, go to your neighbors and get some jars. Don't get a few, get a lot. Look, there's a whole lot of empty seats in here. There's some jars that need to be got. There's some jars that are looking to be filled and you've got the product to fill them she looked at her boys thinking this guy's crazy I mean what's that going to do the little oil I've got that's going to make a few cakes That's what, what's this going to do guys too many times we're walking by sight and not by faith we're too busy saying well what can we do and God said if you just obey me obey me he took she took those jars and she didn't get a few she had them all I'm sure gathered around the house and the first time she started pouring she's thinking well I guess I'll just exchange jars with all these jars I'll get a little substance in the bottom of the jar. I'll I'll make it a little bit wet, but how am I going to fill it? But as she began to pour, it just kept filling up. And the other stayed the same. She kept filling. She looked over the boys. You see what's happening? You Look, somebody needs to get excited about what God's doing. Come on. You see what's happening? Man, God's moving. God's touching. Man, our young people are, are hungry for God. Isn't that something exciting? Our children are, are learning and growing. Isn't that something exciting? You keep on pouring. Keep on pouring. One jar after another, she filled the jars. Everyone. I don't know how empty you feel your jar is. Maybe your oil, you know, anointing oil gets gooky and sticky after a while. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe your oil has gotten old, gooky, and sticky because you hadn't used it in a while. Maybe it's just sitting in a bottle. I believe. Look, you can say, I believe, 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 all you want to. But until you pop the top on the oil, pop the top. Until you pop the top on the oil, until you are willing to pour some out, you can say you got anointing. You can say you got the goods. You can say, I got faith. You can say all you want to say, but it's just religion until you pop the top on the oil. It's just another saying until you're willing to pour some out. Until you're willing to say, Lord, I believe and let me lay some hands on, show me the next sick person. Show me the next person that needs saved. Show me the next person that needs to be delivered. God, bring them to the altar. Let them come. Let them come. Because God, I believe in for miracles today. I'm, I don't have just a little faith I've got a faith that's a powerful faith I've got a faith that's an anointed faith I've got a faith that no matter where I go I'm going to stand for him because he's the only way he's the only truth he's the only life Somebody needs to pop the top on your oil There's some faith rising up in the house there's something happening there's something stirring. There's something stirring. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let this be the moment that you let it go. Take out the oil. Take out the oil. You've got a situation. Don't let it sit behind you. Don't let it sit beside you. Turn it over to Jesus right now. Come on. Come on. Come on.
1: Come Paul did not know
2: that our family needed to have the faith. How many people in this congregation right now has God ever healed? I won't see your hands. It's not a trick question. All right. You have the faith and belief. I want you to come up here and anoint GT with oil. I know... God can move, and I know that God can heal. Listen, I've had cancer. I've had a heart attack. I'm 78 years old, and I still work, and I know that God has the power. Oh, hallelujah, and you have never seen this before. I've never stood up. And said anything, but I'm telling you right now healing is in the house, and GT is going to be healed. God is.
0: keep on praying folks God's doing a work hallelujah
3: Hey guys this ain't the fourth quarter 17 seconds left we're down by two we got three timeouts this is God Almighty this is King of Kings Lord of Lord Savior the one who can that does and will but it ain't up to him it's up to you it's up to you to come to the deep side he is a gentleman God is a gentleman he will stand at the door and he will knock He will stand at the door and he will knock. He will stand at the door and he will knock. He will stand at the door and he will knock. He will stand at the door and he will knock. I don't know about your house, but my house, I don't open the door to anybody. I don't let just anybody in. This is real. This isn't fake. This isn't something we come up here and show and be and say, God, come look at us. This is a time for you to come enjoy the Father's love. This is a table prepared for you. This is a table prepared for you. Prepared for you. It's prepared for all of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there's anything that you need, if you need healing, come receive your healing. If you you need deliverance, come receive your deliverance. If you need understanding, come ask. My Bible says, your Bible says, you lack because you don't ask. All you've got to do is come ask. It will be given to you. I love you. I love you, says the Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you.
0: On somebody, he's faithful, isn't he? He's faithful, isn't he? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Hmm. God is good. I pray that every every day is filled with His presence, His anointing, His power. I pray you walk in it, live in it. Let your let your bottle overflow. Let your anointing seep out on others. Amen. Bring some more jars. Come on. Bring some more jars. We're getting ready to fill some jars. (laughs) Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for every facet of this service today. Thank you, Lord, for the worship team. Thank you, Jesus, for those who, who serve and care and love on each one of us. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to spend time in your presence. Lord, let our jars be filled. And Lord, let us fill other jars. Let your anointing shine through. Let your glory be revealed. We praise you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, that's all right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Woo! Hey, listen, I hope that all of you will make it to my house tonight. Um, we're going to have a great time. Uh, if you don't know where I live, that's great. I'm not, um, If you'll see Sean Dillinger, Sean, raise your hand. Sean Dillinger, he has, uh, he has my address and a map to my house. I didn't feel like it was best to put that online just in case somebody... I didn't need to be there be there. (laughs) But anyway, if you would like my address and directions, Sean Dillinger has a stack of of those, and you can get that from him. Love you to be there. Come, enjoy. Don't say, I don't know those people over there. This could be the opportunity to meet those people over there. All right? Come, we're going to have good singing, a good bonfire, hay rides, good food. Let's enjoy. God bless you guys.